Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in, Last Exit to Brooklyn, this is Tom McCaffrey. Uh, this week we had a guest back that we've had on before, comedian Corinne Fisher. Uh, you might know her from the insanely popular podcast, Guys We Fucked, and she also just started another podcast on the Gas Digital Network called Without a Country with Joe DeRosa. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff, uh, check it out, it gets pretty funny pretty fast. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, uh, welcome to the show out here in Sunny Beach Town. <laughs> sunny Beach Town. It's my favorite place. Have you guys been to Beach Town? It's nice. You yeah. should visit it sometime. Um, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, very very, very yeah. special guest. She was on uh, the podcast, I think, about uh, eight years ago. Yeah. She's Damn. back. We finally were able to get her back. No, I don't know, about a year ago. It wasn't even a podcast at that point. It was a radio show, I think. Yeah, it was no, a no. Um, it was a cave drawing. When we started that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she has a uh, really popular podcast called "Guys We Fucked." Corinne and, uh, Fisher. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hi. How Sorry, are my you? Dog just crawling all over me. My my <laughs> dog that looks like a cat, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should we talk about that whole th- thing that we talked about. Let's already. just redo everything we did. I think the past five minutes have been quite solid, <laughs> and that we should just redo them like professionals. We can do it. You, do. Uh, you have another podcast uh, now, right? With I Joe DeRosa. Podcast, yeah. Uh, Joe DeRosa and I have a podcast called "Without a Country," where we analyze the most controversial news stories of the week using sources from like the extreme right and the extreme left. So like Vox and Breitbart. Um, and we and that's, you, that's, your, that's your position? That's your side, right? Um, just Vox and Breitbart, both of them. <laughs> uh, very confused person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, I stopped reading the news a while ago, not because I'm lazy, just because I found it to be so biased that I was like, I'm not getting like a clean, like a clean factual like analysis of what actually happened from any parties. So, and then I just started like spending a lot of time on Twitter and I still find myself to be, you know, at least just as smart as everyone else. So, <laughs> the bar is very low. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I couldn't agree more too. Uh, especially during even the pandemic, I feel like he's getting politicized and it's like, Oh, it I- is. I was holding out hope that this would be the one thing, I guess, naively that, that would bring us together. But yeah. uh, sounds like you guys are going to have material for the rest of your lives uh, with that podcast. Yeah. Are you, are you, you're, you're a COVID denier, right? Yeah. Straight <laughs> up. I've been walking around maskless. I sneezed on a few people today. <laughs> uh, perfect. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so are you in, you're in New York City? I am in New York City. Yes. Um, just so, me and my dog, baby. All right. Is it? Is it? Do you live alone? Hell yeah, I live alone. That's why I'm in a great mood. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can quarantine for the rest of our lives, as far as I'm concerned. This is, this is, you know, minus all the uh, unnecessary death. This has been a gift. Yeah. Do you? Um, that's what I was going to say. Like, what, so your experience has been kind of because I've had that experience too. I'm not in New York. I haven't been there for like six weeks. But no, you're in Beach Town. Yeah, Town, yeah, <laughs> USA. <laughs> I'm in Beachtown, New York. Um, 
So yeah, have you have you been enjoying it the whole time, or has it? Been- yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I've, obviously, I've, there was been a couple days that were bad, but I mean, I would have had those days whether or not we were in a quarantine because I'm a human being with emotions. But uh, yeah, no, I've been feeling better than ever because I'm like I'm. I'm an empath, but I'm an empath who like is drained by being around people. <laughs> so this has been like the ultimate recharge. It's like I've been plugged into the wall the entire quarantine and I feel fucking amazing. Like <laughs> I'm dreading contacting with people again. Like even when I go out, like, you know, to get something from the store or whatever, I feel like I just want to like, it, being around people is very difficult for me even yeah more it's, it's giving me a little anxiety this whole yeah we're gonna start yeah. opening up i'm like uh-oh i know i'm not i wanted it also <laughs> i wanted a two-week firm heads up so i could go yes. back on the keto diet again <laughs> because in two weeks i can do i can i can get a lot done on my body in two weeks but i mean you know i've been like i have things in my freezer that i would like that i haven't eaten since childhood like i bought soft pretzels to make like i'm at a fucking concession stand and <laughs> just dirt bag food yeah um so you you said you're an empath so that is pretty draining being an empath isn't it because isn't that kind of like you're you're always um relating to how people are feeling it's not it's not I, not not relating it's almost like i can feel it like at, at like i'm a, like it's a I, I explain it like if you were an X-Man, but you had a power that drained you. So it's like, for, for an example, like when I'm in a concert and like, um, say I, I'm at like a Kesha concert and she's singing Praying, which is a song about her sexual assault. Right. I just enjoy the song for the merits of the song and that it was cool that she wrote a song about such a vulnerable experience. But everyone else in the audience like is making it about them, which I, you know, I'm a comedian, obviously. I make lots of stuff about me that's not. Um, but like I feel, I can't enjoy it because I feel feel the energy of their sadness like weighing on me mm-hmm. and I thought that was like, a normal thing that everyone experienced and then all my friends are like yeah no that's absolutely not like relatable at all so it, it, it's I, I, that's why I can't be in like big groups or, or around a lot of people I'm like a really good one-on-one hang and then anything more than like five people I'll just hang in a corner with any animal that's in the house I feel like that I feel like a lot of comedians are that way I feel like comedians are very highly in tune with what's going on with pe- how people are around them I was just gonna say I'm relating to that a little too much uh I didn't know other people didn't especially with like I don't know someone performing Jesus that gets me like so like especially if it's like a serious thing they're talking about or a subject that gets me like really like uh pretty heavy um well, but me- I- you, but you do you feel the do you feel just the performer or do you feel the other people because i feel in the performer obviously that's just a great yeah. performer that's normal mm. no i mean normal but, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's because i wouldn't mind if i could just feel like kesha for example but i don't mm. want to feel the feelings of every tom dick and harry in the audience uh, i see okay i guess i yeah i, I don't know so you can feel yeah. like a you can feel like a, a vibe in a vibe in a room very strongly. Yeah, like, and I have to be really careful, especially if I'm doing like uh, drugs and stuff. Like mm. you know, I because I, I don't do a ton of drugs, but I do do psychedelics. Oh, that'll do. Yeah. I do. And I mean, like, because psychedelics, you can only do a couple times a year unless you want your brain to be like fucking right. Richards. Um, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, and I have to be really, really careful, like when you're on Molly or or you know acid or uh, anything like that mm-hmm. because you can you can you can 
slide into like a bad trip i think pretty easily that's a, and i was gonna oh, say yeah. that doesn't scare you like because it seems like if you are like that that it would be the possibility of that happening is a lot higher no i'm just really responsible about when and where i do that and also like i think for, with psychedelics the key is you have to be really good with good with you and like you can have yeah. a a very um great learning experience if you're not good with you but it could be unpleasant yeah but, but like i love it because it's just more deeper time with me and i'm a, my favorite person so, so you can handle that alone because usually they say you have to be with people with that uh oh no i mean i don't do it i don't do it alone but i've done it with like one or two or three other people like i only do it with really really good friends like even i did um I did Molly at Skank Fest last year, but pretty much immediately I was like, I need to leave the venue. And then <laughs> my comedy partner, Christina and I, we just went for a long walk and we walked all through the night, like until sunrise, like through Brooklyn to my old apartment and stuff. And it was really lovely, but I was like, I need to get out. Like I can't, yeah. I just was like, I need to remove myself from this situation immediately. You ever do stand up on Molly? No, I've never done, I've never done stand up on drugs at all. In really? fact, I did one of those like, uh, marijuana shows, but marijuana, cause everyone thinks like they're going to be the one to get me high with weed. And like, it's just, <laughs> I'm like, we guys, we can keep trying. It's never happened. So I don't know why you think like if Rebecca Trench couldn't get me high on weed, no one. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah. You can't, it doesn't affect you. No. Wow. I've met a few people like <clears throat> that. Yeah. And and I was definitely one of those people that was like, no, you know, you're not doing it right. There's got to But there's a few people that uh, consistently in my life, they they just have never gotten high. They never feel the effects. So I think it just hits different people differently. And even even like certain times when I'll eat an edible, like, and I smoke weed every day. Usually, I mean, not during quarantine. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. But I smoke weed every day. And uh, every now and then I'll eat an edible and my entire world will be collapsing and then I'll eat an edible, you know, same milligrams, same amount, and I feel completely fine. Uh, so I think yeah. weed is weird. It affects different people differently, and even different types of weed yeah. will affect different types of people differently. So it's 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 a really unique drug like that. That's funny how you described getting like the, the effect as your whole world collapsing. Like oh and, yeah, and sometimes worst I'll trip I've ever worst trip I've yeah. ever had was was a weed. Did edible. you ask for your money back when that didn't happen? You're like, <laughs> hey, my world didn't collapse on this. <laughs> Yeah. What yeah. is this bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, have you ever done an ayahuasca? No, but you know our our mutual friend Jonesy. Oh yeah. Said, <laughs> like I want to do it. The thing is though, like he did it the proper way. He went to Peru because you can do it in like Williamsburg. But I, I feel like if I'm gonna, why even bother having a spiritual experience if I'm gonna have it in Williamsburg? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Fuck laughs> that. I think that's their slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he no. told me he told me the drug was very inconsistent. Like the first night he did it, he had a great life-changing experience and then the mm. second night he was he said he was praying for his own death yeah oh my well, God. Yeah. yeah there's a lot <laughs> of vomiting which i feel really good at like my body's nat natural reaction to anything is vomiting i mean just yesterday may 6th is notoriously in uh, my personal history always the worst day of my life because every year i forget that i absolutely should not be ar uh, allowed around tequila mm -hmm. and every single de mayo i'm like no you can do it girl this year <laughs> you know obviously it's culturally important for me right uh, yeah a jew <laughs> to celebrate yes. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I threw up, this is, I, what I, who the fuck cares? I'm just, uh, I, I threw up so much yesterday that I was five pounds lighter. 
Oh my five god! Pounds. My god, that's you an achievement. Five pounds. <laughs> that's, how crazy is that? Well, I mean, it's it's between that yeah. and like, the severe dehydration. Yeah, the water. Yeah, because <laughs> women um, retain more water weight than mm-hmm. men. So, like, if you're dehydrated as a woman, you're like fucking. Even just, I I just like ate my first full meal in two days, like oh an hour. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> what did you wait? So you were just tequila at the crib or did you have people over i am justin silver has already had a coronavirus and he's been tested and everything so he is like a safe (laughs) friend so if anyone wants to go to his house (laughs) one house you can go to because he lives alone Mm -hmm. so i brought my dog over because you know he's a dog trainer um too and we did um a live stream with his friend who is he's not like a mixologist but he's a connoisseur of uh, drinking and has written books and stuff and we did like a perfect margarita live Live stream and oh, I have nice. two and a half margaritas and I mean sh- just absolutely I ordered a grilled cheese that was delivered that I didn't remember but <laughs> like, I, you know, like I was going through my house like a Scooby-Doo mystery like <laughs> yesterday I'm like what did I do I always I like I put up some incoherent Instagram live stories it's great oh that's fantastic <laughs> yeah. Wait, so can I so be, you saying you're an empath and you have that you having that experience what is stand up like? Do you do you are you very nervous? Because I I I don't know that I'm an empath, but I've read about it and thought that I might be because I do get very I I can tell how people are feeling when I'm around them. Like I really like I don't I don't I know I'm not, but very I'm, uncomfortable. I, my yeah, yeah and my yeah, yeah really like I think Larry David putting. said that. And like, <laughs> like he oh he always knows how uncomfortable people are around him. So oh, that's my. I have such severe stage fright and everyone's always like, oh yeah, it's, I'm always nervous too, but I really have nerves about doing it. And, and people are like, really? You don't seem nervous. But I think it's, I, I uh, overcompensate. So I try to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally whatever. But <laughs> it really, do you, so do you have stage fright because of that? Or um, how does that? Not anymore. I mean, for many years, like I've been performing since I was a kid and like um, musicals and theater and stuff. So I used to have very bad stage fright. Um, now it's only like if it's like, for, like, an, like an audition type situation. Um, but I don't know, like, yeah, because the uh, the empath stuff actually doesn't affect me at all when I'm doing stand up. It's a, to me, I guess it's just a different thing altogether, probably because I just don't care what the audience thinks, which is not a good um, that's not a good way to approach <laughs> art form but no, i actually think it is i think good. it is i was just gonna say i think it is i, I, always, I, I, I feel also, like i'm always go ahead go ahead all right well uh i i think that you know when you're doing stand-up you have to sort of learn to compartmentalize the way you feel or the way you would be in a normal situation yeah and i i mean i'm relatively new still you know three years in but one of the biggest things the biggest learning curves i've had is just to how to how to compartmentalize being funny while being on stage versus how I would be funny with my friends in a given moment because it's it's you you really it's a whole different skill set and I feel like you block a lot out and get really focused without even realizing it with all the repetition that we do so yeah I mean I feel like I'm my funniest when I just kind of act like I'm having like I just go on basically my my performance as it is now is just a nervous breakdown on stage have have you done any virtual shows by the way um not stand up i refuse to do that on zoom but i have i i've done like um you know like kind of like what i would call like late night show style Mm. um appearances Mm. honestly me and me and joe derosa were talking and like this is my 10th year of stand-up it's probably his like 15 between 15th and 20th who the hell Mm -hmm. knows him and like 
we love stand up more than anything in the whole world, but neither of us miss it. All the <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm such a, like I'm such an overachiever that I was so burnt out and like, you know me, Eric, like, yeah. I'll, you'll be like, like I'll, you'll text me 45 minutes before you need me. Like, Oh, you're around. I'll be like, yes. What? <laughs> I'll do my eighth spot. of the night. Like I'm upset and I can't stop myself. So I think, the fact yeah, that you gotta get off that ro- you gotta get off that roller coaster. Sorry. Yeah. No. You're right. It's it's and and so like because because I'm not missing anything because no one is doing anything. This was mm. like a great thing that allowed me to relax. Like this is the first time I've relaxed since I was probably in middle school. <laughs> I mean, wow. you relaxed in middle school. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> bitch in middle school. <laughs> You're you're one you're one of the comics that I mean you're a great stand up but you don't like you can do things outside of stand up I mean you do the podcasting which if stand up yeah. dies you're going to be fine <laughs> when it dies <laughs> the rest of us are fucked <laughs> well I mean yeah and that's why and that's why I was able to do things like you know when guys we fucked first got really hot uh, they our agents had us on the road like nonstop for two years and. I had to call my agent and like, this sounds so annoying because people would die to have this many gigs. But like, I literally had to cry to him on the phone. I was like, I can't live like this anymore. This is like unpleasant. I'm never home. I'm working on like, I don't know what the fuck city I'm in. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and so I can, I stopped doing it a lot uh, for about a year and uh, yeah. And like in therapy, like what we were working on, like relaxing and having fun. Like those are like literally the things <laughs> most people are like digging through like a molestation from their childhood. <laughs> and my therapist was like, maybe take a dance class. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. You say that where like, um, that your that your your show became so hot and that, that they made you tour for like two years. That's always the story. Like I just re- you know was watching the Beastie Boys documentary and <laughs> I love them. And whenever I see documentary, they talk about that license to ill phase. Yeah, and how it blew up immediately and they like made them go on the. They were like twenty years old and they made them tour for like a year and they were like you know and they're just like. And just like after like a year, they just wanted to, us to keep partying and touring. We were like, no, <laughs> fuck, you know, like, and they were just like so mad about it that they like let, that they had a big falling out with the label. But it is funny, like, that's always the story that the big band has. Like, and then they, it was so big and they wouldn't, you know, they made us keep performing. But we, we hated it. And you're always like, how could you hate that? But. It takes it's what- blockness out of it, though, you know? So it's like, this was a cool thing that me, me and Christina set up together. So, and I'm sure just like the Beastie Boys, they're like making tracks in a garage or something. And then all of a sudden, like, once money gets, obviously it's cool to get money, but like, it takes... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a job. It. Yeah, it, it becomes a job. And then like, I mean, they had like 11 songs and they were like, we, we're <laughs> sick of this song. We're sick yeah. of doing these songs. So it's just one of those things that... Whenever you, I mean, you're looking at the thing from the outside, you're like, well, if I ever had that, there's no way I would ever get tired of that. And I know me, like, if I had been in that Beastie Boys situation, like, day five, I would have been like, yeah, are we still, do we still have to do this? (laughs) 
Yeah. Like I always was like, oh, I feel like I want to be famous, but I feel like I would like it for like two days. Yeah, I love variety too. So like that repetition. I can't imagine being in a band, at least with you know uh, jokes. Like I can just go on stage and bullshit. Like yeah. you can't just go on stage if you're a yeah. band, like scat. Like yeah, no just noodle music. around on a guitar. <laughs> like, people paid like a hundred and fifty dollars. This is a new one. That's yeah. the good thing about comedy not really being respected because like the the price even for the, the like you have to be no. so crazy famous for the ticket price to be over like $30. Right, right, right. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you, We're lucky. Did yeah, you ever have these weekends? You're, you know, you've headlined, but you do like, you'll, you'll do like four or five hour shows over the weekend. Oh, Yo, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's hard. We always, we always did, um, we always did five show weekends pretty much. Um, and, uh, and like, and, and so I'm not, we're not, I'm not doing an hour like of stand up. We would do, we would each do half hour, but then we would do like the Natasha Legera, Moshe Kasher setup where it's like, we're on stage together, half hour, half hour, then on stage together again for like usually a show that's like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. Yeah. But that's not, it's not easy. It's not easy oh. to do that five times in two days. I, yeah. And I would, and I have to, and, and this is like the, the difference between like going on the road with guys we fucked and doing stand up in New York is like, I know never drink when I'm performing by myself. It fucks with my timing. I'm like very like serious about that and like not drinking or using drugs. But like when I, we're doing the guys we fuck show, like I have to drink, otherwise I'll be mean because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 10 years older than most of our audience. Oh yeah. <laughs> And and that's and that's where the empath comes in because I can I can feel it. It's just a lot of like wild energy because there's a, it's a very different going out you know at New York Comedy Club or something when like maybe five people in the audience know me out of a hundred uh, compared to touring with the show and people are coming to see that show and you know two hundred and fifty to four hundred people all know you, all know what your vagina looks like because you practically <laughs> describe it to them. And they're like looking at you and they're like, is she sad about her most recent breakup? Is she going to cry? Is she thinking about it? Is she joking and a joke about it? You're like, oh Ugh. my God, too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems like, yeah, that'd be trippy. Is that how, how much, uh, what kind of an experience is that? I've never really had that where like, I'll do a bunch of shows and everyone there is just there to see me yeah. specifically. It's weird because it's like, obviously you're so thankful and how cool and like what a dream come true. And that's one half of it. Then the other half of it is like, man, I just really want to tell jokes. Right. And like jokes, the all the jokes that I wrote about that breakup or whatever that is, they don't work when people know that much about you. Right. Because it's just kind of this weird like, like behind the you know like behind the comedy uh, interview, oh no <laughs> you know it, yeah. i actually am like my most personal jokes that are usually the meanest and the funniest i a lot of times won't tell when i'm doing a guys we fuck show mm -hmm. because they know who it's about mm -hmm. just as much as they've heard me make fun of this person they've heard me cry over this person and so like it's too much information to have stand-up comedy works you know when louis gets on the stage or, or or seinfeld because we only know the information that we are given we don't know their whole fucking backstory mm -hmm. you know so it, so you're able to divvy out the amount of information that you want the audience to have but i've already like the boundaries have already been broken down when you have a podcast that's so personal so i was like i kind of fucked myself so does it kind of freak you out when you would do shows and you're like amazed 
at how much these people are following and know everything about you. That feels oh, like yeah. like that, especially if you're an empath, would just be almost terrifying. It is like I get like I still get Google alerts to this day, and I wish I wish there was a way to disconnect getting Google alerts from Reddit because they're never good. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. it, there's never gonna be something on Reddit that like oh I, I can't believe I missed that I needed that information to go move on with my life. And it's just like these wild in-depth discussions about like a tweet I sent out and like oh they're always God. wrong about it. <laughs> and they've gone so far down the rabbit hole in convincing themselves that their theory is true. It's like, number one, I am me and I don't care this much about me. And like, I'm a big fan of me. And like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's just so, it's like so wildly inaccurate that you want to like make a username and correct them. Yeah. But like, oh, this is feeding them. This is part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have. But when, whenever some someone comments on my Instagram or YouTube, I get a message, and um, yeah, I always get excited. It's it's never really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's almost fun. like I've I'm like I've made someone be like, hey, uh, can you remind? Can you tell me when someone wants to tell me I suck? Yeah, <laughs> I just want to. Uh, and I have a, another Instagram account that isn't under my name. And whenever I get in, so I literally I. I have to go on and like insult them. And it'll be a kid who has like a hundred followers. <laughs> I just can't time. let it go. I get, of your time. Yeah, I get really, fun. it really affects me. Like that's why, like I really get affected by the comment. Like they, I'm not one of those like, eh, it just rolls off my back. Like I really get upset about it. When you, 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 you know, in your position, Corinne, like you get so many likes and then people comments. Like, I mean, do you read them all? Do you read all the comments or no? No, I mean, there's a, I had a year when I turned uh, when I turned my comments off altogether because just as much as I don't want to see the bad comments, I also the good comments like they just don't. I don't want to say don't matter to me because that feels like ungrateful, but if, if they don't make, it's not like I, they, like someone says you look great and it makes me feel like puts a little extra pep in my step. Like yeah. I feel the same way about me, kind of no matter what anyone else says. Like I'm like. Out of all the things in the world uh, that I need to work on, my relationship with me is lowest on the list. Like that's truly like that's my secret to my success. That's like the, definitely the, that's the gift that I feel like I have to share with the world. Like that I am good with me. That's kind of all I got. I'm not like that. Did you always have that, that, or did that you have to work. You have to work on it. <laughs> um, uh, I I I really always kind of had it, and it's weird because like I have one sibling. And he certainly does not have the level of self-confidence I have, but it's mm. like, we grew up in the same household. We had, you know, our parents have been married the entire time, same parents, like same house, same towns, you know, mostly same school system. He went to like a magnet school later cause he's very uh, smart at math and science. But like, other than that, so it's, it's wild to see that with almost the same like upbringing and, and genetics, we can be still so differently. Where are you from? Each other. Union, New Jersey. Okay. And just what was your childhood like? Was it, did you have, were you popular or did, did you feel like you didn't fit in or was it like an early thing where you yeah. were like early on, like, you know what, fuck everybody. I was not popular in the, in the, in the way that like, one of the popular girls i was very well known i uh, like for instance i was voted most unique in my high school class out of 620 uh. people so it's like I, I was like the weird girl kind of like the girls from the craft but like yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone yeah. knew me 
And, you know, I was in the school plays, so that helps. And I did a lot of, like, I wrote for the newspaper and I was like a varsity baton twirler. But I was just always kind of like a person who walked to the beat of her own drum. And because, like, for me, it's like, I don't care if you like me or not, as long as you know me, like, I'm doing my job. Wow, that's really, that's that's a good um, attitude to have. You know, that's, like, super healthy, especially for a comedian. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I haven't really met a lot. I mean, I I was saying earlier when you said that, that's always something I feel like I'm trying, like Mm -hmm. an attitude I'm trying to develop. And sometimes I'm successful at it, but a lot of times I'm... Especially at first, I feel like I wasn't. I it took me a while to be like, ah, I don't care what you think of this. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, mean, and most and most people do. And like I, it's hard because I had it, it's kind of like an, an innate thing for me. And I and I like I definitely like tried to write about confidence, like in our, the book we wrote, because I do feel like it's this one thing that. First of all, I didn't know that everyone was walking around like hating themselves until maybe like five years ago. And it was a <laughs> oh, huge yeah. wake up call to yeah. me. I had no idea that no everyone hated themselves. And I also had no idea that most people had all this trauma from their childhood. Because, like, as a comedian, it's really weird. Like, yes, it's great that I had a nice childhood. But, like, I also don't fit in as a comedian. Because when I say something, I'm just saying exactly what I mean. And then everyone else has all this, like, layered bullshit. that they're And they're like, oh, well, Corinne must be really compensating for something because... Mm. And I'm like, this, I'm like, you guys are making this so much more complicated. <laughs> like, it's so, like, I'm an Italian Jew from Jersey. Like, I'm just yeah. saying exactly what I mean and probably loudly and probably with a lack of bedside manner, but at least I'm being honest. You and what's, know? It, what's interesting is that it's almost like, at least from what you were saying in, uh, with the Reddit post and stuff, it's almost like your audience does that too. They like look too deep into certain things that you say. And yes. it's really just that you're, who you are and you're confident and they're trying to like do this whole they have their own shit and they're like oh she must be saying this because of this and that and they create like fanfic about you which is probably hilarious to read well i had no idea (laughs) for like it's and i've always felt like an alien and then and then so realizing the reason i felt that way is because i'm just walking around being me and i had no idea it was making other people feel bad about themselves <laughs> that they were that they all thought i was like faking this and then <laughs> as i started to realize this i was like oh this makes a lot of sense but like it fa- like it fails me in relationships a lot mm. um because i mean heterosexually kind of like what heterosexual men need is to be needed True. And, like, <laughs> I don't need like I love you guys, but I don't need you. <laughs> right. So and yeah. like in my opinion, I'm like, oh, isn't it really like I would love to be wanted but not needed? Like to me, that feels so light. Like it feels like a relationship I can be in, but I have to like start pretending and I, I can't do things. Apparently, <laughs> I'm very short. And sometimes I can't reach stuff. If anyone wants to come over and like get something off the shelf for me, <laughs> it's like a healthy uh, approach. Uh, starting to pretend that you don't, you can't do things. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten how to walk. Yeah. <laughs> Carry me. <laughs> I don't know. Are you are you single now or are you in a relationship? I was I was dating someone um and he oh god this is embarrassing to even say he like cut things off like week 2 or 3 of the quarantine after I had oh, just flown sh- to see him. What? Um, he's oh. not he's not in New York. No, he was someone who was from New York and then had just moved to Denver. Oh, um, oh okay. Don't and, name any names, but yeah. who was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was 
It was a comedy adjacent person. Okay. Um, I, okay. Like I had been dating comedians for a while, and then I moved on to staff. So right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, move. natural progression. Yeah, but uh, and he was like. And he basically dumped me because I was too successful. And like this is oh, this has been this has been happening happening a lot. And like people, God bless them, will just say it. And like really, yeah. And like and people are like, oh my god, I would that would make me like think that person is trash. And I was like, yes, but during a breakup, I think if you can give someone the actual reason you are breaking up with them, true, um, it's That's... really helpful because then I can think to myself, it's like, well, is this something I should work on? This is something I can change about myself or is this something I don't want to change? And obviously in an instance like this, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be less successful. So I can date <laughs> someone who's 36 and still trying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely don't. Like, what am I going to do about that? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Like, no, that's wait, a good no, problem to have. Kudos to that guy for admitting that. I mean, I feel like if that were the reason, which I don't, I can't see that being the reason for anything, I would break off. But if it was, I would lie, 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 and never admit that even to myself. Yeah. I mean, a lot of male comedians, honestly, I've had conversations with them and a lot of them, you know, no matter what this says about them deeply, I, I appreciate their honesty. They were like, mm. yeah, I would never date someone who's in my business who's doing better than me. And I've had mm. a lot of guys say that to me. And I'm do you like, think, do you think that's more of a, like a sex thing? Because if it was the other way around, I think it'd be a little different. It's oh yeah, no, of course. I mean, women are constantly are always, you know, dating people more successful and everyone's like, well, why don't you just date someone more successful than you? And I'm like, I'm not against it. It's just yeah. usually the, those kind of people, um, like have like a faux sense of like, self and honestly just date people hotter than me so like yeah. what am i gonna do like they usually have like a, some kind of a trophy girlfriend right yeah and so i was talking to tom segura about it because i was like okay you will you and your wife are both successful comedians mm -hmm. and you've been together for a long time and like that's kind of like that or like natasha and moshe uh, i love mm -hmm. like because I do like dating comedians. Like I'm 10 years in at this point. Like I don't want to explain the entire fucking business to somebody. It's not. That's not fun. Yeah. What, what's what's Segura's wife's name? Because I was in Christina Pajitsky. Yeah. Yeah. I met her out there. She's really very nice. She's yeah. cool. She's so yeah. funny. She's very mm. talented. Like great. I love that. They live in a fucking. Did you see the house that they live in? Google it. No, I'm sure it's insane. <laughs> it, it must be insane. Oh my god, it's the, gorgeous. The yeah. studio they have on the premises must is. is I, I I'm I'm imagining it's at their house. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm one of those guys that I, I would have no problem dating a woman who is like yeah. like way more successful. <laughs> I know. I have. Too. I don't. I've never really understood. I do, and you know uh, what? I think um, I'm good with it. Yeah. I, th I, you know, I think I could give it a shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. If Salma Hayek wanted to date me, I don't think be like, "Come on, Salma, <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about." Um, but what about the financial Oscars? thing? The financial, like, well, that's what if gets the guy's broke. You do you pay for him, or is that like See, this things? is hard? And I and I like I wrote a whole book about it, and I was like, my therapist is like a relationship expert, and so and and she's relatively my age, so like we were talking a lot about it. Number one, like a big rule is like you can't buy gifts for dudes because yeah. it, it mm. fucks up the dynamic. And like, I just genuinely like buying gifts for people. It's not people, just people I'm dating my friends. Like that is how that, that is how I sh like, that's like a love language. Um, and so I had to stop that and I stopped doing that like a while ago. Um, even though it was like literally so hard when I would see something like perfect for the person, I'd be like, no, you can't fuck it. It's like, it feels mean <laughs> yeah. in my heart to do it, but I just can't. Do you ever tell them later? Like I want no, to buy you this, no. I wanted to buy you this Porsche, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to. And he's no, a like, good hey, thing. Said to me, I 
hate when people say, oh, I saw this thing and I was going to buy it, but then I did it. I'm like, just don't tell me about it. Like, why would you tell me about it? Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me or go back to the store. Right? But like with, like with things like for me, like a big thing is like meals. So it's like I was very broke for a very long time. And at this point, like I am not going to eat at McDonald's just to make you feel better. Right. I can afford something nice. Right. Like it. I love like McDonald's. We can go there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like an Arby's. Yeah. I do love Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it, I feel like it's un, like it's unfair to, what am I supposed, am I supposed to punish myself? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, I think there's a way to be respectful and still just be comfortable with having someone pay for something. You know, because right. there's other things you can do. I think a lot of times just like straight guys don't want to do those things. Like make me a meal the next day. Like that could cost, you can make me spaghetti for $5. And, but that's just like a lot more work. It's much easier to just put down your credit card. I know because I prefer to just put down my credit yeah. card. <laughs> have you, have you dated just people who have nothing to do with showbiz or comedy, especially, and have had that weird kind of, like where they're like, well, what do you do? And then you explain and they're sort of like, oh, really? Where they're kind of like freaked out by it. I mean, I guess the I point is like dating someone outside of it. Is it like hard? You, like you can't do it? Yeah, that's why. I mean, I haven't in a long time. I mean, my, my longest term boyfriend who I started dating when I was in college, I went to college to go to film school. Like I was dating him for five years. So I started to kind of get into like Upright Citizens Brigade and stuff like that when I was dating him. Um, and that broke up off, but not because of the entertainment business. And then kind of after that, I've basically only dated comedians, com comedians like comedy club staff or that. And I dated one uh, musician. And even that, like, I thought, oh, this will be close enough. Because it was a musician who had experienced like a really good amount of success, had dated someone who's way more like known than me. Um, and it was still like just didn't work. Uh, and well, I, I don't think that's a terrible choice because it's like you ever do a stand-up comedy show for musicians mm -hmm. like they're good audience members but they, they don't are. it's not like they're not it's not like an open mic because they just appreciate the craft yeah you're not, re you're not really competing you know yeah no and I was gonna he's like he still kind of like didn't understand like, there's something weird about comedy mm -hmm. where like people kind of just don't get it yeah like, don't get how it's written they don't un they certainly don't respect it they like it they want to consume it but they don't think of it as a real art form and it's that's just always kind of bothersome to me why do you think I that no, you're right you're right why, do you think it's because they just see it it doesn't look like we're really doing anything yeah because i mean I, anyone ever i think because everyone has had the experience of making their friends laugh sure. and they think that translate like i've never yeah. like I've never like shredded on guitar sure, you know, yeah. for anyone, but like we've all made someone laugh. And I think people don't understand making an, an entire audience laugh consistently for an hour. Yeah. It's very different than like telling some inside jokes to your friends from high school. Yeah. That's true. Cause I even remember when I started stand up and I would watch stand up comedians and I was like, well, all I gotta do is like, get like 10 minutes of like saying stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So even when I was doing it, yeah. It, and it is hard to explain like, well, you don't understand. Like when you get up there, it's like different, but I, it's weird. Yeah. The more I do stand up, the, the harder I realize it is, which is an odd. I don't know if you've had that experience. I feel I like yeah. I'm way into it now. And I, I feel like I look at it as 
it, it seems harder to me now. Like I can do it better, but now I understand how hard it is. You know, I also keep keep up with kind of like where comedy is going. Like even in the ten years that I've been doing it, like it's gotten so much more personal. And mm-hmm. like, and then you're like, okay, well, I don't necessarily want to share like every bit about my life, but th- that's what I've come to like that's what people come to see me for and know me for. But then it's like personally painful to me and affects my real life relationships. <laughs> so it's like, where the fuck is the line here? Um, yeah. Have, you ever, some, have you, ever dated, you ever dated an audience member? Nah, that doesn't work. See, that's like, I'm so jealous of me. The male comic thing. Just like slam pussy, ask all these <laughs> I met her after a show. She came up after her titties were cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you never like, had it where they came out after a show with her dick out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just flopping. Yeah. It's, it's harder for female comics, though, because I feel like yeah. men, if the woman's funny on stage, men feel intimidated by it. Yeah, and I'm already, like, on top of having an intimidating career. I'm just, even if I wasn't a comedian, I'm still an intimidating person. <laughs> and it's so funny to me because, like, I am me. And I think it's so funny that anyone would be intimidated by me because, like, I'm just, like, a weird person. I just, like, walk around my house. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, just strange in my, on my, on, in my own world. And... It's just very funny to me that met like I'm like yeah you're but you're a man why are you intimidated like you could take me down with an elbow if you really, <laughs> if you really needed to yeah 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 because I know, feel I feel like a lot of men feel like they have to be the funnier one in the relationship mm-hmm. so when they see a really funny woman on stage they're like uh, I don't you know I can't keep up with her or something yeah like and most people aren't very funny so <laughs> it's hard to. Well, that's why I want to do because I would I love to laugh like I would prefer and I'm not like it's not like I'm cracking jokes I'm not always on I'm a pretty I'm pretty like kind of serious in real life like even I can always, I'm always ready for a joke for the most part unless we're like have to go to like a, my friend's wedding and you got you're just bullshitting like something like that will aggravate me but overall like I would pre- much prefer to be the audience uh, member because it's like I talk for a living I'm mm-hmm. yeah own, I would love to just be quiet. Because oddly enough, like one of the number one complaints I get in relationships is that I don't talk enough. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, that sounds like the perfect woman based on anything I've ever heard any man say. Yeah. Pays for everything, doesn't talk. <laughs> Successful, oh, rich. Right. Yeah, what a Won't bitch. say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell are you dating? Trump? <laughs> you know, uh, there, uh, is, there is something to be said about like, like, uh, you said earlier, like you don't necessarily miss stand up, and I, in a weird way, I kind of agree. I, but I definitely miss hanging out with my comedian friends, mm-hmm. and it, you know, I just miss being around comics. And you know, a, a, and I understand what you're saying about like wanting to date someone who gets the whole comedy thing. There really is a specific type of person that gets it. Like, like there's a reason people on that aren't comedians like ask you to put stuff in your little skits or whatever. Like they so don't get it. You know, that encapsulates yeah. that sentence encap- encapsulates like why they don't get it. Like are you gonna use this in your skit? Yeah, (laughs) what they're offering you is so funny. And you're like, no, it's like, no, the thing that you think is funny is like the wildly obvious thing. It's like the thing that I am going to take from this is the little minutia that you didn't even pay attention to because you're not a fucking comedian. And then it it makes it, you know, being a comedian and doing it for a while makes it really hard to be around people because what when they when you're around people and what most people think is funny, you're just kind of like. It's, I just like roll my eye. Like, 
I, I know someone and everything, whenever they bring up something they think is funny, it's always something I think is the least funny thing. Someone like brought up a movie the other day and it was a really funny movie and they were like, my favorite part of that movie and then they named like the least funny part of that movie <laughs> and I was just like, and I literally just had to like, you know, grit my teeth like, yeah, yeah, no, that was really funny. Yeah. Like it's hard. I have to like stop myself. I'm like, they don't understand. They haven't, they're not versed in comedy. But, but it's hard. Do you find that? Consuming, you see what because you you know we all are watching the same television shows or whatever, right. and you know you, you, we see people like who are accomplished stand-ups like Trevor Trevor Noah or Alan DeGeneres who are capable of really great stand-up, but then something happens to them. They become rich. They live a different life, and all of a sudden, like they're filtered, and like that's what people think is funny because people yeah. don't. People don't know what is funny. You have to tell them what is funny. And they're learning that from, you know, the networks like Comedy Central. They're like, well, it has comedy in the title. This must be what is funny. But basically nothing on Comedy Central except for South Park is funny or has been for years. <laughs> for years. Yeah, it really is. It's it's so true. That's uh, their slogan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing on this channel has been funny for years except for South Park. 95% of our projects yeah. fail. Yeah. 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 They know deep down. Yeah. It's a terrible oh, sure. place. It's a terrible. Do you know how I could get on that Comedy Central? At all? I know. That's what. That's why it feels even worse. I mean, like... I'm basically banned from Comedy Central, so. No, you just did it. You were on there, though, weren't no, you? No, I wasn't. Uh, no. Oh, that was Comedy Central sponsor was was part of the sponsorship for Laugh-Aid. But, like, they let me on because they were like, oh, this bitch can go on an internet show. But I have not been on the network as far mm. as. Did you have a problem or something? Or did you have some no, kind of. No, a problem. I'm a, I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, yeah. it like I said, it does feel even worse. Like when you turn it on, you're like, "This is what's on," and I, they won't even like talk to me. Yeah, the really <laughs> funny stuff is happening from people self-producing, independent. It's yep. the Andrew Schultz, it's the yep. Tim Dillons, it's the Legion of Skanks. Exactly. It's the, yeah. You know, whatever I'm gonna do next, just get ready. It's gonna be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! So that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm always like so interested to see. Oh, even people like I, I named a bunch of guys, and I don't want to do that. But like Meg Stalter, if you know her, yep. she's an mm -hmm. internet personality, kind of like exploded like really big in the past couple months. Alyssa Lynn Paris does a lot of good mm -hmm. stuff. Like th th then they're all self-producing their own content. Yeah, that's what yeah. you got to do really. You really got to do that. I mean, that's what you did. Yeah, and 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 it's now it's like where do you go from here? I just have to keep self-producing because I'm so spoiled from being able to say whatever the fuck I want to. And now, you know, every contract comes with like a stipulation about mm. your Twitter account and that like, you can get fired at any time. That's like a really common clause. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Now. Um, and so, yeah, like we had a, a couple of years ago, we had a straight to series deal on Lifetime, like biggest deal in the network's history. I mean, I didn't think we were right for it, but I was like, if you're going to, you know, offer us a ton of money in our own TV show, I mean, I'll give it a whirl. Right. Um, and we ended up not being able to sign it because my, my lawyer, lawyer explained the clause to me and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get fired day one if it's based on Twitter, like day one. And it was like, you know, you can do all the work and we won't pay you if you say something we don't like. Like, but it's like who is deciding what oh, is Jesus. okay to see? So, what you couldn't do it because of that? Because I re I refused to sign the contract because yeah. I was like that, that's I like setting a booby trap for myself. And yeah. I know, like I can't do my oh, I if I am if I feel censored, and I know that about me. And and I also like just because I am a troublemaker. The minute I signed that, I would have like gone and <laughs> like 
something, you know, racist about Latinos. Just yeah. to <laughs> do it. Yeah. You know? like, Scratch I don't that itch. I kind of have a lot of times, yeah, and I, when I'm in those situations, like if I'm on stage and something's going on in the room. I'm do you like, want to say racist thing about Latino? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just start tweeting about Latino on stage. <laughs> Like um, I just can't, yeah, I, I can't. It's it's just no. Like, I always have to point out the elephant in the room because I feel like there's a. It's like there's a tension. It's kind of what you're going. You're talking about before. Like you can feel the vibe in the room so strongly. You have to. Like I'm always like, how can we ignore that this is happening right now? So, yeah. Like if I'm doing a show, like I've done shows where like someone will be talking the whole show and no one will acknowledge it. And then I, I know I'm up soon and I'm like, this is going to be bad. Like when I get up, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be, be able to uh, ignore that this is happening. And yeah, and then you go, well, got up on stage and you go, you shut the fuck up. Okay. And then it's like, Oh, well I'm un- unlikable now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you, 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 you don't get heckled anymore though. Do you? Yeah, I mean, sure, like, she does. She does spots in New York. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it's not like I'm only performing for people who know me, and I, yeah. I know, and if you you'll do like a lot of crappy shows. You know, like, yeah, I will well, shows that I run, so I know. I know. I've <laughs> seen you at Eric's shows. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you mean your shows? <laughs> and I was like, that's not even close to as crappy as I'll get. I mean, <laughs> but she'll do it. I'm like, I can't believe she's doing. She doesn't have to do this. <laughs> I love doing shows like that because it's like that's like I don't want to be tre- like when once you start only doing shows where you are treated as your on stage persona. Mm. That is where you're going to run into trouble. Listen, I mean, I I live every day like my 15 minutes are over. And according to Reddit, they already are, you know. So (laughs) I I really, you know, I just like doing stand-up and I want to be really good at it. And you're going to get really good at it by doing clubs, doing bar shows, doing all the types of shows and learning how to wrangle anything. Like, that's why I still go on, like brewery tours with Ron Heron because that's a different audience that, you know, we're doing the suburb of this city. So even like the mentality, the lifestyle there is different. And like, those are all tools that I want sharp in my arsenal because I just want to go be able to go on stage anywhere and be able to crush it. That's what I loved about people. Like I'm trying to think of like someone like the late Kevin Meany was a guy who had experienced like crazy big fame, but then also could tackle any kind of room Mm -hmm. and, but still be true to himself and who he was as a comic. And like, that's the level that I aspire. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Also. Cause like if you, you, even if you have a lot of success, it's like, it's a thing you, you always want to be good at because they can't take stand up away from you. Well, you know, it's like, they'll never be able to take it away from you. I know. Artie Artie Lang always says that stand up for him was his 401k. Like, yeah. you know, the shows would go up and down, but he could, if right. he could always do stand up, he'll always make a decent. And no matter what right. happens in your career, you can always be like, I mean, people from the outside will be like, well, they're, they're still amazing. Like yeah. if you're still great at something, no matter what happens in the, on the outside of it, it, it like people will see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel th- like the greatest people are the ones that go in with the attitude of like, I just want to be great at, like, I'm a huge Eminem fan. I love Eminem. <laughs> and I, I love <laughs> This always goes back to that. But like one thing I loved about his story was that it was so hard for him for so long because no one would give him a chance that he finally made a decision of like, if no one gives me anything, I'm just going to be the best at what I'm doing and no one can take that away. So that's like the best attitude to have. So even it's like even like you had success really quick, you know, really quickly, 
you still like wanted to be good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so of course, because you've, we saw too many people kind of, you know, get uh, known or have success from things and then they, they lost their footing because they had no foundation. Yeah. And I mean, part of that is the industry's fault. I mean, like, you know, people are very hard on like uh, Izzy's Ansari or Amy Schumer, but it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're the people who escalated them to fame so quickly. And now yeah. we're expecting a new hour from them every year when really that's like, really really difficult thing to do and the only people who are consistently coming up with great hours every year are like louis ck chappelle like it's about it great and they're like that's about it than Amy yeah. is. Amy and Chappelle is- had about nine years like where he wasn't like putting out anything. True. So yeah, yeah had- you owe us three specials, Chappelle. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Also, like yeah. someone like when when they get success really quickly, like what do you get? Like, were they supposed to be like, no, I don't want it yet. Right. Like, give me exactly. a few more years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, um, yeah. No, I found now it's like when from it's very easy from the outside to just be like, oh, they suck. They suck. But then like, you know. When I get three mean comments, I'm just I'm ready to like kill myself. I'm like I couldn't even imagine the like the vitriol that these people get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because I I remember when Amy Schumer did that the first roast she did. I think she made a joke about Steve-O or something. Yes, or, I remember that. That was a big deal. One, or the guy who died. died. It was uh, from... Ryan Dunn, the guy who yeah. Uh, dropped Yeah, Ryan and she was just getting like death. Th- you know, it was when she hadn't really. She was just coming up and. I you know I remember I was talking to someone who was like close with her and then she was just like kind of freaked out about it but sure yeah so I don't know it's it's scary All right. we probably yeah. have to wind down soon. yeah definitely um uh, just one a couple, one last question do you have any Adrian Brody stories <laughs> <laughs> Adrian oh, Brody? Why is someone? Does someone here obsessed with Adrian Brody? No, we talk about him every week for some reason. Yeah, we talk about Adrian I went to, Brody. Went to I went to high school with Adrian Brody, and yeah. um, oh, so it's become a running joke that they act like I bring it up every show, but I never bring it up. It's always brought up, and then we talk about how I won't shut up about well, it. Well, this time, you know, we had a really good guest on who was engaging. So Tom, you know, he didn't go to his default and bring up Adrian Brody. So Eric had to do it this time, but usually, current I no, no. I, if we go I back to the tapes, the I sucks. think every time it's not me. <laughs> well, I have a question. Do you think do you think he's a good looking dude? Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, I think Adrian Brody is so hot. I love like a big nose. Just yeah. for oh, that's, it I've heard face. that before. What I what is the love big nose it's, love? What is like, that about? I think it's like strong and masculine because even if you look at like Chris Noth, who plays Mr. Big on Sex and the City. Oh right, yeah. Not. <laughs> he's so attractive. Hot. Oh, he's. Oh, my God. Women love that dude. Yeah, but do they love him if he Uh, wasn't Mr. Big? Isn't that a big uh, big part of it? So, you know, because he owns that, you know, he owns that jazz club in um, Gramercy. What the hell? Cutting room? Cutting room, yes. He owns owns it. Cutting room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see him kind of walking around there sometimes. And even if you didn't know him from Sex and the City, he's, you know, he has that husky stature. He's over six feet tall. He knows how to fucking wear a suit. With the slick back dark hair it's just like mm, yes too much eyebrow all the things i like too much it. eyebrow <laughs> it sounds like an insult i like an eyebrow that's you're, just- you're, you're <laughs> describing him not in a good looking way <laughs> too much eyebrow face, big ass nose huge yeah. nose <laughs> three <laughs> eyes you know he's husky he's very husky movie and i was and i was like looking at him and i was like yeah no he's not there's a lot of things wrong with yeah. his aesthetic but he's so 
undeniably attractive in my opinion got it but there's also like something that like you can't put he it's one of a lot of these people they do they have like a thing they ha, they have a thing well you know i can give you an example of a guy who i think isn't good looking but women loves adam driver women uh, oh yeah well, he's he's i get it i get he's it. a singer though doesn't that how like and being a rock star doesn't that kind no, of adam, oh adam driver's oh. an actor no, who is that? Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Adam Duritz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is Eric bringing him up? <laughs> yeah, no, God. Adam Driver, you know, Star Wars and then, you know, the show Girls, which is how we all know him. Yes. From. We meaning girls. Yeah. Um, oh, I know him from Girls. I love that yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the other, I think the guy who plays Ray is hotter than Adam Driver. For sure. For sure. Which one is Ray? On Girls? What's his real name? Guy? I don't know his name. <laughs> okay. All right, now I know him. <laughs> I guess Shoshana for a while, and because he has like a little scar here, and he has like a um, weird speech impediment, I like all that. Too. You like weird? <laughs> you like a fucked up guy, kind of like, but not fucked up, but like things blemishes. Uh, well, I like a scar. I think a lot of girls like a scar. I like a scar. I like a hairy face. Um, mm. I like someone who seems like they're really not going to care about you. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about that? You ever, you ever see that movie Mask? What do you think about that guy? Mask. <laughs> Wait, like. Not the mask with Jim Carrey. Oh no! <laughs> it's based on a true story about his, this guy's face is deformed. Me, oh, I was like, let me Google this. Right. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. 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 An old movie. Guys. I was gonna go Elephant Man, but that's oh, 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 I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who's some? Can is there someone that that is thought of as traditionally handsome that you're like, I don't see it. I like that. Don Bronson. Oh, that way. Who I think is who. That Don you don't Ron think is oh. that everyone's like oh they're like the, like 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 Brad like I talk to women sometimes and I'll be like oh Brad Pitt and they're like oh, he's so ugly and I'm like that's insane. even if you're not into him like you can't say he's ugly <laughs> like, fucking he's gorgeous ugly. dude yeah, yeah no Brad Pitt I think is hot George Clooney I think is hot yeah. but I mean they're like they're not people who like I dream about I'm not like <gasps> oh my god um I don't I don't know like even like a like a Channing Tatum like I recognize that he's hot but like. He, that's not the kind of guy that makes me horny. Like they, they right? They too, there's too many feminine qualities. Like I like a very like masculine. Like maybe it looks like you don't shower like that. You know, man stuff. Yeah. Not bathing. Yeah, like, I totally yeah, a train wreck of a guy. <laughs> a lot of women talk about that guy Timothy Chalamet. Oh, he's a boy though. Yeah. Oh Pretty yeah, boy. I've heard about him a lot. I don't think I think he's attractive either. Yeah. Is not, there? These Hollywood guys are like ugh. Well, it's you can see it's weird. There's it's a shift that's happening where it's got it's going from oh, yeah, the to very me. masculine and going <laughs> to the very kind of like how it was in the '60s. Um, yeah, everyone likes okay. Harry Styles, and I'm just like, Ugh. no, he like no, like I get it, he, I get it, and I and I and you know he's open like bisexual and all that stuff. Great, good. Yeah. I would date a bisexual guy, but he better be dirty. You know, <laughs> well, there's like you know, there's women that everyone like holds up as like the you know the hot, the hottest woman in the world, and I'm like 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 Ariana Grande. I like I think she's hot, but I'm not like. I mean, she looks like a child. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. <laughs> like I feel like she's you know kind of like held up as the you know the ultimate example, and I'm always kind of like yeah, she's just not my. Do you guys yeah. agree with that or not? I mean, well, I mean, like, I think only ultimate example in 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 circles you're hanging in, which <laughs> might well, be pedophilic. <laughs> no, no I, she's always on like the cover of everything. You know, what I mean? she's like she's like crammed down my throat. 
You know what I mean? No, oh, Jesus I wish. Christ. This is getting no, worse. I, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> yeah. You like uh, what you, you're also like Blue Ivy? What's I lost name? my mic. Like Jay-Z's kid? She's still, yeah, okay, the baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> you guys, uh, I lost my mic for I said a you like, you, you you're, think you're good. Blue Ivy's hot, right? Isn't she like <laughs> seven? She's like, a, she's a, in grade school now. Oh, well, okay. Ariana Grande is like 25 years old. She's not like, you Yeah, know, she's my age, I think. Uh, yeah, she's not she's like, um, well, I mean, I just mean that she's the one that I'm always, they're always showing, you know what I mean? That's the one that. Yeah, she's having a moment. Listen, I love a, a teen queen. I have my Selena Gomez sweatshirt. <laughs> <on right now. laughs> yeah. uh, I was actually going to ask about that, but yeah, now <laughs> you've answered the question. Yeah, I, see, I think Selena Gomez is so beautiful. That's I love a I love a dark like a dark Jasmine Princess Jasmine. Type. She's the singer. She the one who dated Justin Bieber. Yeah, and wrote all the songs about him and stuff. I mean, she wrote like one. It's fine, but yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Put her name on the rest, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. We should probably wrap it up, though. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah right. No, uh, Corinne, thanks thank so you, much Corinne. for doing yeah, thank it. You. This was like so much this fun. This was great. Honestly. Thank you. You were awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, it was awesome. so awesome to have you again. Thanks for taking the time out. Gals chat with the boys. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so it's uh, the podcasts are obviously guys we fucked, but then also without a country. Uh, do you, what do you do? You guys have like a schedule for those podcasts or like? Yeah, uh, guys we fucked is exclusive to Luminary, so it comes out every Friday. But if you want to get a taste of what the show is about, the, like we have six and a half years of archive available for free on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. And then without a country, we're on episode um, 16, 17 this week. Uh, it's on the Gas Digital Network, so it comes out Gas Digital. Uh, Tuesdays you can watch the live stream for free at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. but again if you want to just listen to it for free it comes out on Saturdays wherever you listen to podcasts nice. awesome she sounds great oh, yeah. um, thanks again yeah, Corinne thank Fisher you. thank you so much yeah thanks again Town. They don't know how to close no show. 
I'm a headliner, closing these show. I'm the realest. Coffee shop, subway car, I'm a killer. The illest in the business, slap a Jehovah Witness. After my show, I get bitches and drink tickets. You're showing my show, you wanna know the difference? My show sold out, you pay people to listen. They sit around and grimace, questioning their decisions. You're tripping, and you need to get out of the business. Peace out, dog. adios, and good riddance. I'm a headliner, and there is none fine. I murder you with my material. You know I'm seeing red. I'm more crazy than the paper boy from Better Off Dead. I'm not passive, no, I'm fucking regular, aggressive. Pimp, slap a heckler's sack just to teach him the lesson that my setups are the bomb. Punchline, be the trigger. Even when I phone it in, casualties, I deliver. I'm blowing mods. The dinosaurs are pooping the bed. You only set up a Jim Belushi cause his brother is dead. I'm throwing rhymes while you're blowing your dad. I'm a top shelf tamp on your maxi pad, bitch. To work at 8 in the p.m. Two other comics, but you ain't there to see them. Nah, that's me up on the marquee. I'm the headliner, the one you're paid to see at clubs, colleges, corporate events. Now I got 5,000 Facebook friends, a 16-year veteran of the best medicine. Yeah, I did Conan. Yeah, I did Letterman. I kill them. Every single night's a homicide. They roar scores on the floor when I'm inside. Light me at 40. I'll spot me a shorty for the after-show party. We'll get a little naughty. Fly sweeties, line up to buy CDs. Nah, I don't mind. I'll sign your DVDs. Take a blonde hoe back to the condo. Tap it real slow. Wake up for morning radio. Yo, yo. I get 1200 a week every time I freak That means I make three fourths of my rent to speak That don't include travel, that's alright with me Cause I get all the Yanker bombs I want for free To connect in flights with that window seat Ball up the jacket so that Joe can sleep Took a cab from the airport, hope they reimburse Early show is the night, gonna try not to curse You saw that girl staring at me, yeah, the one from the crowd Hey, I know she was big, but she was laughing real loud And you may choose to criticize the way I get down But now I got a fat chick to fuck when I come to town Yo, the booker of this club is a fucking D-bird He's gonna fire me because I said the C-word I told him it's the late show, this crowd is eager To hear some dirty shit, so don't try to beat her My skills do I really have to tell you again? I've been on Byron Allen, Carlson Daily Premium Blend, bitch. <laughs>